The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where we share messages of hope, health, and healing. We want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer, and my mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities. Being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents that the Lord has blessed you with. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. I am really excited to have my friend Brian Muller here with me today. Brian is a father, a wealth advisor, a singer, songwriter, and executive director of the Amy Muller Foundation, and the late husband of the late Amy Muller, who was my friend. Um, and I'm so thankful that Brian has used all of this for good. So I like to start every episode with a Jesus moment, Brian, and I know you have a good one to share, so I'll let you take it from here. Sure. My my first Jesus moment was about three months after Amy passed away in 2017, and uh, I had taken a break of church, and I wasn't going to church. I was kind of angry with God and uh, asking why um, way too much. And when I went to the my first service, the pastor said in his uh, his service, he said, "You need to use this before he removes this." And it just hit me. Mm. Um, obviously, I was still in the you know midst of early grief, and uh, yeah. I was having a tough time figuring out how I was going to be a dad alone. And, uh, when he, when he said that, I knew I needed to, to continue Amy's story because she was fighting those two fights with pancreatic cancer and, uh, the burn pits. She was raising awareness of the, the burn pits and thinking that that was the cause of her cancer. It didn't make sense. She was 36 years old and had pancreatic yeah. cancer. So that I knew I needed to do more and continue her story on. So the next day I looked into uh, on legal zoom and I set up a 501 C three. And that the rest is history. The Amy Miller foundation was, was started. We've helped over 22 families since uh, we started in uh, basically May of 2017. And we've raised awareness. We've worked with Senator Klobuchar to get some bills passed and like uh, I've, I've said before to people, when you type in a search of burn pits in a Google search, you know, half the stories that come up are, are related to Amy and they're still writing about, her, writing about her to this day. So I knew I needed to, to take that pain and, uh, and have, use it for purpose. And uh, it was that day at church that opened my eyes that I needed to, to continue her story on and her legacy. Yeah, Jesus was was making something good out of it, right? I agree. Yeah. So take me back to um, when when you first found out that Amy was was having this pancreatic cancer, and just some of the research and things that she was able to do, and you were able to do to to link it to the burn pits. Well, you know, it's still they still haven't admitted um, that you know the burn pits are a cause of cancer. Um, fortunately, you know, Amy was trying to figure out what was wrong with her for years. Mm-hmm. She was going down. I remember. The yeah. yeah. She had all this pain 
Um, she was very fatigued. And so she got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, irritable bowel syndrome, um, of course, some military-related things as well. And if it wasn't for that, uh, they wouldn't have been able to link uh, the burn pits to something uh, for her to get benefits. And they, they still to this day have not uh, linked the burn pits to cancers and, and respiratory diseases, which we all know, we all know that we've all learned early in our lives to not put styrofoam in a fire and, right. and or, or any plastic. They were burning everything there and igniting it with jet fuel and burning all day long. And, you know, I found an old journal that uh, she had written to her, her daughter, Caden, and half of that journal was about the burn pits. And they would have to change the filters in their tent almost every day. And it was just filled with black suit. And, you know, her best friend, Julie, um, is having trouble with her lungs. And they actually found pieces of black metal still in her lungs from 12 years ago. Um, oh, so, so what we're, what we're hoping with the Amy Muller foundation and some of the, the organizations that Julie's working with, um, is to get some kind of bill passed that, um, will eliminate presumption. So if you were in Iraq or Afghanistan during this period of time and you have cancer, you don't have to prove it. And that's where we need to get. And, yeah. uh, um, that's exactly what happened with, Agent Orange in Vietnam. It took 30 plus years for that to happen. I hope it doesn't take that long, but we're making some progress and there's, there's definitely some bills being worked on. Yeah. That's just such a great way to honor, honor her legacy. I know she fought really hard while she was still with us to bring awareness to that. Cause you hear the people that, that were present when there was those burn pits going on and every single one of them has some type of upper respiratory Yep. thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Take me back to, you know, when you first are, are learning that this is cancer that's not going to be, she's not going to recover from it. As a dad, as a husband, how are you handling that? Yeah, you know, there was obviously some hope in the beginning. You know, when you when you hear the words pancreatic cancer, you know, most people know it's, it's kind of a death sentence. And, uh, I knew a little bit about it just from, you know, people that have had it like stars, like Patrick Swayze and Steve jobs. Mm -hmm. But when you pull, when you pull up a search, uh, you know, after the diagnosis, you start going down that hole of the internet and, yeah. you know, it's not good, but she fought, uh, as hard as she could. And, um, there was some hope, you know, unfortunately the, the tumor was in a really bad spot in her pancreas. So unless they shrank that tumor, uh, to, to beat it. Um, but we, when you, we went in, uh, just before Christmas about, a I think it was December 3rd, um, uh, to consult with this, the surgeon. Um, I could tell there's a crew, a crew that walked in, there was five people that walked in and I could tell just by the energy that the news wasn't good. Yeah, and uh, that's when we found out that the it had spread to her liver, and uh, the tumor didn't shrink enough, and surgery was off the table. And uh, I knew that Christmas was going to be our last, and we had a blast. We had a blast as a family. We played games, and 
um, I'll always cherish that that Christmas. Yeah. How do you how did you prepare your your kids? Were so little when this happened. How did you prepare your kids? Yeah, it's hard. They were three and five. They're eight and almost ten now. Um, you know, Emmy Lou uh, was was three and a half, and they didn't really understand what happened when when we went down in February to the mail. Um, we went to get a procedure called a celiac block. It was to help with the pain. So she didn't have to take as much drugs. And we went down February 3rd, I believe. And we never came back. It was just complication after complication. And I had some friends bring the kids down to visit her. Um, but they didn't, they knew something was wrong. She had a tube in her nose and she was very weak and very frail. Um, but you can't prepare little kids for that. And even Caden, you know, I, I kept a lot of things from her, uh, which I do kind of regret, but I wanted to protect her. And yeah. uh, the biggest thing is, is, is afterward what you do uh, with your grief. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go there right now. You know, there's, there's obviously no uh, silver bullet to get over grief. You, you just, but you have to, you have to deal with it. And a lot of people avoid it. They sweep it under the rugs. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to think about anything sad. They don't want to cry. And the biggest thing for me is I did a lot of extensive grief work. I obviously am a songwriter. So I wrote 30 plus songs during that period of time, which helped me get through. It's always been my go-to to help get through times, rough times. But I did extensive grief work with a counselor, did EMDR therapy. I knew I needed to get in the right place because if my kids saw me okay, I know they would be okay. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I feel like I should be a grief counselor one day or something <laughs> in the future. Uh, I definitely will volunteer for stuff like that in the future when I have more time now that I'm kind of past the the worst of the grief, but you know, they, like they say, it comes in waves and in the beginning. It, <laughs> they're pounding every day. Yeah. And then eventually they kind of, they come a little bit further and further and further apart. But if you don't do that work and I cried all the time and I wasn't afraid for my kids to see me cry. Yeah. Emmy Lou would, would every once in a while watch the Memorial video on YouTube. Um, and I'd hear it upstairs i'd hear it downstairs and i'd walk down there and she would be watching the memorial video with all of amy's pictures and all the music yeah and i, I wouldn't interrupt her i would just back away and i'd let her cry and i'd let her deal with it and i think as a family like i grew up in a family where i never saw my dad cry yeah my kids have seen me cry more in the last four years than most people probably will see in a lifetime but i think it's super important for them to understand it's okay and it's actually really healthy yeah to let that, it out that release is so important and if you can't cry for some reason listen to a sad song do whatever you have to do think about her um think about your loved one and and just cry and grieve because yeah. if you don't it's just going to bottle up inside you and cause problems uh health problems potentially as well yeah thank you for sharing that i know that's um that grief is still there. And I thank you for just being open and vulnerable with that. Cause I've been inspired by your story and I know that's not what you set out to do, but it, 
it it gives other people permission to grieve um, because you've been public about your story and your journey. So I just want to say thank you for that. You're welcome. So I know you've done some really cool things to honor Amy's legacy. A um, couple songs. And why don't you just go ahead and talk about, tell everybody about that really quick. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, the, the song that we released recently is called ladder to the sky it was inspired by my son. I actually about six months after Amy passed away, he woke up one morning and of course they slept with me every night. They still do. <laughs> I'll try to get them out of that habit, but it's kind of one of those things I kind of want them next to me. So yeah, I get it. Um, you know, and, uh, I know there's going to be a day where that's not going to be the case. Uh, but he woke up one morning and he said he had a dream. He said, Daddy, I have an idea. I said, what if I could build a ladder to the sky so I could go see mommy whenever I wanted to? And it just crushed me. I went in the bathroom and I, I was crying and the kids were knocking on the door and they're like, Daddy, are you okay? I'm like, just give me a minute. And I collected myself, put on my happy face, made the kids pancakes and uh, got them off to school. And I sat down. And I wrote this song <laughs> in literally 15 minutes and didn't change a lyric. It just all came out almost like it was divine intervention. And uh, I knew it was a special song. And I knew I wanted to do something with it one day. And it wasn't until two years ago when my kids started a pro in a program at their school called Growing Through Grief. It's through the Park Nicollet Foundation. And I saw firsthand the change in them. They didn't feel like they were alone anymore. Uh, they used to come home from school and feel like they were the only kid that lost a parent. Or, And this Growing Through Grief program goes right into the school and they make it comfortable for the students to have a place to talk and have yeah. a place to deal with their grief. And so right away after about a year of that, I saw just the firsthand uh, on what it, what it did for my kids. And I said, what, what a perfect thing we could do is I'm going to record ladder to the sky. Finally, I was in the place I could do it without crying every word. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I still had a really tough time singing that song in the studio, but it turned out beautiful. We had Justin Titus on piano. We had uh, just some amazing musicians. Some of my old bandmates, uh, came together and we, we we came out with a song and we're using it to raise money for the Growing Through Grief program, which I think we've raised about seven thousand dollars so far with with a song. That's and amazing. I hope my hope is that it'll continue to raise money and they can expand. They're only in fifteen schools in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and to to me, they need to be in everyone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I've never heard of that program before. Yeah, it's it's been great, and it's been great to work with them. Um, I'm going to be an ambassador of of growing through grief, and I feel like I, I could see it uh, some somehow being adopted nationally. Um, and I'm sure there's other states that have similar programs, but they have it out. They've been doing it for quite a while, and uh, I, I really think it needs to be everywhere. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you. So I want to just stop there for a second. It, Number one, if somebody wants that Ladder to the Sky song, where can they find it? And where can they get hooked yeah. up with that Growing Through Grief? I don't want to miss those two. 
Right. Uh, growing through grief, you could you just do a search, Park Nicollet Foundation, Growing Through Grief, uh, on a Google search, you'll get to their, their page. The song is uh, still on a site called Play It Forward, kind of like Pay It Forward, except Play. It's a site that you can load music into and raise money for a organization, a 501c3. So if you go to Play It Forward, type in Ladder to the Sky, you'll be able to find that. It's also on iTunes and Amazon and whatever proceeds I make from that song uh, will go to the Growing Through Grief program as well. But the the uh, Play It Forward site is the site where you can donate more money if you want, uh, $10 or $50 or $100 or whatever you want to do to get a download. You'll get a free download of the song, and then you'll help the Growing Through Grief program expand. That's That's fantastic. And I'll throw those in the show notes, too, for anybody that wants to grab those. So let's go back to the Amy Muller Foundation. And what kind of benefits? I know you said you've helped 22 families. What are you guys doing for them? How are you helping those families? Uh, well, we've raised money mostly through some different events. Um, we did some acoustic showcases, and we've done a couple family fun days at the Mall of America. But we've used, we use what we do is we, because we're five hundred one c three, we can't just hand out money. So we just have proof that they were in the military and proof that they had pancreatic cancer. And we either help those families with uh, financially, just financially, or help them with some resources, give them links. But mostly it's a financial um, service. So anywhere from $2,500 to $5,000 we give most families. That's incredible. And that's, I would love to be able to, to help more, but it alleviates some pressure for at least a month or two while they're, while they're in the, the midst of a fight. Yeah. Um, there's so many and, things that go into a cancer fight that maybe people don't realize, like needing to take full-time care of a spouse or a child, not being able to work or right. you know, added medical expenses, driving back and forth, child care that are on top of you know the disease that you're facing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great to be able to help those families. Um, and the toughest part for us is finding them. They're not finding sure. us. We have to go on to GoFundMe sites and do searches and try to find people specifically that have had pancreatic cancer with um, that are that are veterans. Um, so I hope one day that people will just find us, and uh, we still have money to give away right now, and we want to continue to help as many as we can that come up uh, over the next remaining years. Yeah, well, hopefully, if you are listening to this and you know someone with pancreatic cancer that meets those criteria, I will put Brian's contact information in the show notes so we, you guys can connect and hopefully we can, can help continue to get the word out. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Brian, I just want to say thank you for hopping on today. Is there anything else that is just on your heart to share? Um, you know, it's... I've met a lot of people over the years that have lost somebody. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is make sure you, you get into some support group or get therapy and, and, uh, don't let it fester. Don't, don't go at it alone. Uh, you can't do it. I, I did a lot of things, like I said, to, uh, you never get over it completely, but I knew I needed to get right. And I needed to get in a space that I could take care of my kids. 
and do my job and manage a household and do all the things that, <laughs> let's be honest, there's certain individuals that are better at certain things than others. And, <laughs> uh, uh, us guys are not good at, you know, keeping the household together. I was never good at that. So I had to learn things. And uh, fortunately, I was the cook in the house. So that, that, I didn't have to learn that. But you um, didn't ever suffer. No, we, we definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely ate as much as we could. But I, w- I would say, you know, and, and if you have something you're passionate about, you know, don't be afraid to pursue that on the side of your career. Yeah. And I, there's nothing better. There's, there's no better feeling than, you know, to help somebody. Um, I used to have a quote on my page that said, you know, you haven't lived until you've helped someone that cannot pay you back. Mm, that's so good. And it feels good to do that. And uh, I'll continue to to do as much as I can with, with different organizations in the future. And um, but I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I, I love that you've started this, this podcast cause you're such an inspiration as well. And I hope Thank it you. just, uh, I hope you just have thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners that <laughs> tune in and, uh, it grows to the point where you have, you know, you know, you, you have to turn away guests. So <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate just the rawness and realness in your journey of just walking through your grief and how you've used it for good in so many ways. Um, Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? You know, uh, obviously on Facebook, um, you can go to the amymullerfoundation.org um, site. It's A-M-I-E and then M-U-L-L-E-R Foundation. Um, you know, the my tag thing on Instagram, I guess, is the momentous life. I'm trying to live a, a momentous life, as I would call it. Uh, Love it. Is the, the life that I know Amy would want me to live and uh, what I the life I want to live, uh, created with moments and experiences. And so those are some places you can find me. And uh, hopefully... Uh, we're, we're get the band back together and, and start playing some shows again too, and get out there and sing. Yes. That'd be awesome. That would be great. So I'll link all of this in the show notes. So if you want to find Brian or donate to any of his amazing organizations, you can easily do that. Uh, Brian, I just want to say thank you again, how you've honored uh, my friend in um, her legacy is just beautiful. And, and I'm thankful for that as a person, but um, also someone that's just inspired by you in what you've done to touch other people's lives. It, I just want to say thank you again. So thank you for having me. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.